0: And they said, okay, yeah, we can take him, but we don't have any blood. And Dr. Katz said, well, there's no point. He can't survive a surgery if he doesn't get a transfusion first. He has to have a blood transfusion. He's losing so much blood from the tumor bleeding inside of him that he won't last to wait to get the blood. And he's like, okay, well, please figure it out because otherwise we're gonna have to put this dog down today.
1: Hi, I'm Helen Pitlick, and this is Bloodworks 101, the podcast that inspires you to give time, money, or blood. Hi! Oh my goodness! How are you doing today? It's a Saturday morning, and I'm sitting in a room at Blue Pearl Pet Hospital in Renton, just a couple blocks south of Bloodworks Renton Donor Center, with Barbara, the Rottweiler that I adopted about a year ago. It's six weeks to the day since my first visit to Blue Pearl. And unlike then, when my other dog decided to eat an entire bag of trail mix. Don't worry, he's fine. But even a few raisins can cause kidney damage in dogs. This visit is much less stressful. Barbara is about to donate blood for the first time. Hi, um, this is Barbara. She's here from the blood bank. That's right. Did you know that cats and dogs can donate blood? And just like human blood, there's always a need for more donors. Barbara is relatively petite for her breed, weighing in at just over 70 pounds, but she's above the cutoff to be a blood donor. We don't know exactly how old she is, but given her teen spirit and what the shelter told me, we're estimating about two, so a prime candidate for blood donation.
2: Riding at 60.
1: And contrary to how I felt the first time I donated blood, Barbara isn't nervous in the slightest.
2: Oh, my
1: God, Barbara has a massive head and an even bigger smile. This dog has never met a stranger. She's in heaven right now getting pets and attention from Michelle and Tati. Michelle runs Blue Pearl's blood bank, and Tati is assisting her today. Dogs and cats might need blood for all the same reasons as we do. Surgery or trauma, anemia autoimmune disorders, heat stroke, or other illnesses.
0: Leroy was one such patient. I got Leroy, it was 2010. I found him because I've been looking for a Boston Terrier because I always wanted one um, with their cute little ears that stick up. And, and, you know, he's like my my bestie (laughs) ever since.
1: That's Jill Thomas, director of Bloodworks Bio Operations.
0: He had a good personality. He was really cuddly, but he was also pretty feisty, like he liked to play, um, he liked to zoom around, but he was a pretty good listener. He also liked to sleep in, which I liked (laughs) about him. When my now husband, but boyfriend, and I moved in together, he had a pit bull, and so we became kind of this like little family of four, um, and you know, we're just dog people. He was really a good support. He was there when my mom got sick and died. And he really is a, was a great companion when you didn't really want to talk, but you didn't really want to be alone. And he just really, it sounds like crazy because he's a dog, but he was just really <laughs> supportive um, through struggling with our business after my mom died. And I had to you know take on a lot of responsibility. Um, And, you know, he would sit with me at my desk. I put his little bed like up on the desk. So, you know, I wouldn't be alone because usually I would be at the desk with my mom. And so it felt like, you know, it wasn't someone asking me if I was okay all the time. He just like made sure I was okay all the time. And I think people with dogs will understand that it's a different kind of friendship because it's, they don't get mad at you. They don't, um, they never disappointed in you. They don't really need much from you besides just you being you. My husband was walking him, and he just um he just fell over on the sidewalk and um one thing I forgot to mention was Libre has one eye. <laughs> we thought maybe, well, you know he's getting older and it's hot, like maybe he's just having some vertigo, so maybe a week later, I was walking him, and he just fell over again, and he just sort of laid there for a second and then you know he was okay to get up after a while but at that point I was like well I'm gonna call the vet in the morning so I called the vet and um, brought him in on a Friday but they're like okay bring him also back again on Monday and they had done a hematocrit on Friday and another hematocrit on Monday and that Monday um, they were like his hematocrit went from like 20 something down to like 17 over a couple days so he's bleeding and they did an ultrasound and they saw what they could identify what they assumed was a tumor in his intestines, like outside of his stomach, and they're like, "That's what's bleeding." So he needs to have surgery, like immediately. So I said, "Okay, fine. Let's get into surgery." And the um, the vet said, "Well, it's not that easy. I have to find someone that can do the surgery because every single vet emergency vet in Seattle is too full. They're not available. There's." There's no one that can do it. And so Dr. Katz called you know, every single vet in the area um, and called down to Tacoma to Blue Pearl. And they said, okay, yeah, we can take him, but we don't have any blood. And Dr. Katz said, well, he, there's no point. He can't survive a surgery if he doesn't get a transfusion first. He has to have a blood transfusion. He's losing so much blood from the tumor bleeding inside of him that he won't last to wait to get the blood. So they were like, okay, well, we have to call around and like find some, because we don't have any. There's no, there's no blood in Seattle. Um, and, you know, we have to figure this out. And he's like, okay, well, please figure it out because otherwise we're gonna have to put this dog down today. They found a unit in Olympia and someone from the Tacoma Blue Pearl, drove all the way down to Olympia to pick it up. They called me, they said we have the blood, so I drove him to Tacoma. That He got the blood transfusion that night. His hematocrit started to raise and he um, had the rest of the blood transfusion in the morning um, and then he was able to be strong enough to undergo the surgery that he needed to um, remove the tumor and stop the bleeding. So he came home and recovered with us at home. His. Outcome didn't turn out the way that we had hoped. Um, He recovered, he started to recover from the surgery, but then um, quickly, like, stopped eating, um, wouldn't really drink water, just seemed like he was not doing well and was in pain. And when we brought him back a week later, after not eating or drinking, um, they showed that he had fluid in his abdomen, and so the cancer was there. He was not going to be able to undergo any more treatments that would help him, and he was in pain, so we had to say goodbye. While it was very traumatic, the idea that he was bleeding and there was something we could do to try to help him, but there was a possibility that there just wasn't blood, was really powerful to me because, you know, I work at the blood center, and I was like, how can there not be blood, you know? like. What do you mean? Can we find some? And the idea that somebody out there has had to say goodbye to their pet just because there wasn't um, a viable option to save them. But the technology and everything's there is um, is just so sad. Pets, for better or worse, they can't tell you what's wrong with them. So, you know, they really rely on you to make decisions for them and um, try to understand them as best as you can.
2: What we'll do next is get her up on the table here. We do take from a jugular vein, so she'll be on her side. And usually what we have owners do is we'll have you, like, at her head.
1: Just... Back in Renton, Barbara is lying on a small bed covered in a fleeced blanket with paw prints and hearts all over it. Tati is at her back, Michelle is at her front, and I'm holding her head. I was a little worried that the donation might be stressful for Barbara. Not the case at all. Because she has three people giving her love today, she's able to lie still on her own for the five to ten minutes it takes to collect a unit of blood.
2: Good job, Barbara. I know.
1: That's a huh. The scariest part by far was the clippers Michelle used to shave her fur to prep the donation.
2: Yeah, people, they really don't think about it until they either have, like, a pet that has needed blood or a friend's pet has needed blood. And then they're always like, well, of course, of course they need blood. That's Michelle. We do have some owners that, um, they're like, I knew it was my time for my pet to donate because I got my call that it was my turn to go in. And they, like, just make a donation day for the family.
3: Yeah. And they'll
2: donate, the pet donates. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that's different I find in uh, vet med versus human med is I feel like in human med you have, okay you are a specialized phlebotomist, okay you're specialized in radiology. We do it all. Mm -hmm. Like we're expected to know how to do everything. So we don't have a separate phlebotomy person, radiology person, anything like that. We do everything. yeah. And uh, our bags here are human bags. They don't have like dog-specific bags. So uh, these are ones, I don't think these are the ones that um, they use around here. I know when I've donated, I've been like, oh, what kind of bag you there? <laughs> uh, we use humanetics. Um It is a leukoreduction. I believe the human med still reduces, mm-hmm. so it did remove the white cells. Uh, there is no like definitive proof that that is Uh, the best practice but it we believe that it lowers rate of transfusion reaction by taking out the the white cells so that's we're still going to try to do that Um, she'll just fill this bag here and then I'll filter it after we'll have three bags left I'll spin those down we'll get one unit of pack or two units of pack cells one unit of plasma so we say one donation can save between three to four dogs and she is Blood type positive. Oh, okay. okay. So there's two main blood types. Dogs have kind of a weird typing system. It's a it's called DEA it is their system, and there are several markers on that system. 1.1 is the main marker that we test for in-house and that's the one that would say you're negative or positive so she's 1.1 positive but there's other markers so she could be 1.1 positive and four negative or five negative seven negative those are all on the markers but the 1.1 is going to determine her main type so she is 1.1 positive Uh, the universal donor would be negative just kind of like human medicine Mm -hmm. Uh, for her though um We say about 60% or so of the dog population in our area is actually positive. A lot of hospitals, when they buy blood though, they're gonna wanna buy negative because they don't have the capability to blood type. Mm -hmm. Emergencies and places like that, we type and everything like Mm -hmm. that, but a lot of day practices that might wanna do a transfusion, something went awry during a procedure, they just wanna have negative on hand just in case, they're not gonna type.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That's just what they do. Yeah. And, you know, cats are special beasts and they stay true with their blood types of being special beasts. They uh, don't have a universal donor, so you can give one mil of the wrong blood type to a cat and it'll die. Oh, wow. There is no universal cat. Wow. They're typed A, B, and AB. Oh, okay. They're types where dogs are negative or positive. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. And ferrets have one blood type. Even. Oh, any ferret can give to any
3: ferret.
2: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you given a ferret a transfusion? We have done ferret transfusions before. Um, I don't want us to start collecting on ferrets, so it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read online that it's a pint. How much blood do you collect? Uh, 500 milliliters or 500 grams. Okay. <laughs> And so that's, like, what we take from humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why they need to be at least 50 pounds to donate. Gotcha. But she's not gonna feel it like we would feel it. Uh, dog bodies are much more efficient than human bodies. They have a, a spleen that will sequester blood, and after they donate, it contracts, and it replaces what they lost
3: weird
2: where we get up and we're like oh my god I feel woo because our spleens don't do that oh, um, so that's another reason we ask in the screening process have you had any procedures other than a spay or a neuter because if you had a splenectomy we're not going to take you as a donor yeah. so we want to make sure you have that spleen in there oh interesting yeah so if you were to check her packed cell volume right before and right after uh, trans- our donation it would only be a couple points off time between donation is just refilling that spleen.
3: Oh wow.
2: Mm-hmm. I know people will be like, "Can you take more next time?" She yeah. was still very excited. I know. They're like, no. That's the amount we take. I
1: was <laughs> looking forward to her being pretty chill afterwards yeah. mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's not going
2: to happen. Yeah, she'll still be pretty excited i'm sure um we do ask you try to keep them a little quiet for today they Mm -hmm. will kind of set their own pace but no major hikes like today's not the day to go up st helens or anything like Mm -hmm. that um just make sure she has access to plenty of water throughout the day Um, she can still play and everything like that but nothing too hardcore (laughs) yeah good girl
1: so like with human donors we say you should drink plenty of water before you come in mm-hmm. I know it's hard to like regulate them mm-hmm. but do you advise like putting water in like their
2: food or something before a donation no dogs are pretty good about hydrating themselves um, Cats we give fluids to when they donate because they're not as good yeah. <laughs> of doing that um, but dogs are pretty good about it yeah. some people have been like oh I gave I a whole bowl of goats milk before I came in I'm like you don't, <laughs> don't have <to> do that. <laughs> And in fact if they do something like that sometimes when I spin it down their plasmas too like, to actually save, it's all like fatty and milky oh, and gross. gross. Yeah. So you do the processing too? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
3: Do it all.
1: <laughs> do you like take their blood pressure before,
2: like what are the like eligibility criteria for them? So we actually don't, um, I know they do for people, but uh, for dogs we just kind of make sure that everything looks good, sounds good, a doctor gives a go ahead on, doctor doesn't hear any sort of murmur, doesn't feel any lumps or bumps, and then we're good to go.
1: You guys are really good at this, to be able to get her to not like
2: wiggle around <laughs> for... That's... I'm very impressed. <laughs> You know, a lot of times I think it's the dogs. I think they really know that they're doing a job and Mm -hmm. they just, they're still. All right. And Tati's just going to hold some pressure there for a little bit. And you did it, baby boo. Yeah. Look at that. Good job, Barbara. Mm -hmm. What a good girl.
1: And like human blood donation, there are benefits to the donor, too. Pet blood donors get a free physical exam by a vet at every donation and some other perks. When she's done donating, Barbara gets a bandana designating her as a hero and picks out a toy from a big box full of toys, really any toy any dog could ever want. But typical Barbara, she's more excited to be the center of attention and get treats than about the toys. The only disappointing part for me is that, as Michelle said, the donation seems to have no effect on Barbara. She has just as much energy after her appointment as she did before. All right, how'd that go? Did you have a good time? What do you think? Yeah, did you get some good pets? For people nice to you? Yeah, they give you attention? While Leroy's story ultimately had a sad ending, Jill and her husband knew that he would want them to keep on sharing their love. The couple recently added Blue to the family, a Boston Terrier with one strikingly blue eye. She fits right into their active lifestyle, riding around in a little backpack while the Thomases go on bike adventures. It's adorable. And Jill has a message for the dog who gave
0: Leroy a chance. I would really encourage people um, and whoever's, dog it was that, um, you know, helped Leroy. I just would like to thank them, whoever you are out there.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can look at the show notes for a list of dog and cat blood banks in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. We'll see you next time on Bloodworks 101.